0: All right, we have a hot topic today, guys. We're gonna look at how to deal with difficult freelancing clients. It's a part of the process. For me, one out of every 15 or 20 people is just totally nuts in the world of freelancing, but it's okay, we are all experiencing it, and I'm gonna give you four ways to anticipate it and overcome it so you can streamline your business. Let's do it. guys this is definitely a hotly requested topic by you guys and rightfully so how to deal with difficult freelancing clients I often say that the hardest part of freelancing is the customer service element that comes into the mix you could be the best graphic designer in the world you could write like Shakespeare you could be An uber talented individual but unless you have somewhat of a grasp on customer service you will never be a super successful freelancer because half of the business is dealing with people and their expectations and their requirements when it comes to the job you are doing for them one of the best parts of freelancing is that you don't have a boss right you get to make your own schedule you get to do whatever you want every day you get to be free But by not having a boss, there's no longer an intermediary between you and the people you are working with. It's a direct line of communication to you, and that can be both a good and bad thing. Unfortunately, every so often you are going to get a person who is going to take advantage of this arrangement, and there's not really much you can do about it, which is why I tell people it's better that you... Prepare yourself for it and anticipate it so that when it happens, you're not upset or shocked. I will see a lot of people write in my Facebook group that they're absolutely, you know, abhorred and they they can't believe that somebody demanded a refund or wrote a negative review or flipped out at them. And I kind of always want to pipe up and say, guys, that is the name of the game. And the quicker you can grow thicker skin with that and anticipate it and understand that it's going to happen no matter what, the more quickly you're going to be able to scale at this and just become, you know, that lean, mean business person that is unaffected by other people writing mean things to you. You know, of course, for everyone, when the, when the first instance of this happens to you, yeah, it's going to make you upset. I mean, when I started doing this when I was 22 and I had my first crazy buyer, I'll never forget it, was this older guy in Florida who kind of flipped out at me and said, you know, your writing's terrible. You have no business being a freelancer. I should have known you're way too young to be doing this. He said all these things that like hurt, you know, like they went to the core. And that was definitely my reckoning moment where I was like, can I do this? Am I cut out for this? You know, that was the closest I ever came to quitting. And of course it was the first person who flipped out at me. So, you know, now I try and provide a community to people so that they don't feel so alone when that happens to them. Because I didn't have that when I started this six years ago, and I understand that it can be overwhelming and straight up unfair. You know, a lot of the times these buyers are just unfair, like there's no other word for it. And I don't care how many, how much these freelancing sites like Fiverr will try and defend the buyer until the end of time. You know, more, more times than not, the buyer is the one that's in the wrong because they didn't read the instructions or listen to what you had said to them. And I'm really excited to see, you know, new freelancing platforms coming out this year that place more emphasis on the seller and understanding that a lot of the time it's a communication breakdown or it's the design of the website, of how like a fiber was made. So I'm really excited to see a shift in that. And I hope you guys know that it does appear, the freelancing industry is moving more towards emphasizing the seller and having your back in the instance that a buyer flips the F out. (laughs) But as you know, in the interim, it's always a good business practice to anticipate that this is going To happen. So I always say one out of every 15 or 20 people on Fiverr is out of their damn mind. And (laughs) I don't care if that's a good or bad thing to say. It's true. Definitely one out of 20 people is just nuts. I've seen all sorts of things on Fiverr. I've had people tell me they think I'm stalking them and trying to scam them. I've had people who have told me they have mental illness which is fine but then they've placed an order with me and absolutely flipped out and contacted fiverr on me demanded refunds i can't tell you guys how many refunds i've given if you do the math i've over 11,000 completed orders that means i probably have somewhere around 6 or 700 canceled orders as well it's just the name of the game and it's just really important to know you know if you've done 15 projects on fiverr and every one of your buyers has been amazing i'm happy for you but that that means Sometime or you know, in the near future, you are going to get that person who just sucks, and there's not much you can do about it. You know, in a minute, I'm going to go over four things that you can do to kind of defend yourself or prepare for it. But like I said, guys, you just have to accept that it's part of customer service. And think about it: whether you do anything, like let's say you have an Etsy, one out of fifteen people is going to demand a refund and ship the product back to you, even though it was a perfectly good product. You know, one out of fifteen people at a hair salon is going to flip out and leave a one-star review on Google and tell you, you suck. It's just how the numbers stack up with this world of customer service online today. So I just want to let you know, guys, I have these same problems. I have people report me to Fiverr. I have people demand refunds. I have people go on my social media and write that I'm a scammer, I'm a con artist. I'm all the lovely things I'm sure you have read in some of the comments. And I guess I attribute my success today to being as tough as I can with all of it. Does it catch up to me at times? Sure, I'm a human being, of course, but I do find that predicting it makes it less shocking and upsetting when I wake up tomorrow morning and I see someone say, this is terrible, give me a refund. I'm at a point now where I just giggle. I just go, okay, sure, you know, I guess you, you're you the special one out of 20 people who needed their refund, I just laugh and brush it off and you guys should too, so don't let it get to you. But, you know, as always guys, I came up with four actionable steps here That I kind of came up with when I thought about what do I do to anticipate these difficult freelancing clients? And what have I developed over the years to make it easier for me to navigate these crazies and, and whatever it is they start flipping out at me about. And the first thing is that I offer at least two revisions. In the beginning, I actually offered unlimited revisions just to keep people happy because I wanted those five-star reviews so badly. And I would possibly recommend you do the same for the first three to six months while you're getting your first 10, 20, 50, 100 five-star reviews. If you tell people you offer unlimited revisions, it makes it really hard for them to get upset at you because you're kind of telling them, I will literally do whatever it is you need me to do so that you're happy. And in the end, I think that's the quickest way to make someone else happy. You know, Is that fair to you and your time over time growing your business? No, not at all. So I'm, I have a firm two revision policy now. And then I'll say to people, hey, if you need a third revision, that's fine. But let's discuss the price for that. Because, you know, this has gone over the scope of this order. And I make this policy very obvious. If I'm messaging a client that wants me to send them a custom offer in the direct messages, I will say to them, just so you know, this gig comes with two revisions. Are you aware of that? Is that okay with you? And I'll kind of make them acknowledge it. I go, okay, very good. I also have that in my gig descriptions. I say, you know, this gig comes with two revisions. If you want a third one, you will be asked to purchase it. I'm very upfront about that policy. And I think I've found, you know, being very direct with these people, if you're afraid that you're going to sound rude, if you're direct, you're not. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to do our business on this internet thing every day. So the more direct you are with people, the more they will appreciate it. And the less likely you are to have them flip out or leave you a bad review if you spring new information on them. So if you don't have your revision policy anywhere in your gig description, and you never write it to the person, you know, it's kind of fair that they get upset if you suddenly say to them, Oh, I only offer one revision, like that's where the anger and the craziness is going to come from. So my first tip, yeah, like be super, super transparent about your revision policy. Stand behind it. If you're brand new, the unlimited revision route can help you get those five-ser reviews more quickly. If you're playing that long-term game with freelancing, which I did, it's definitely a super helpful trick that I used. I think the first 18 months I offered unlimited revisions, I, I hung in there, okay? I hung in there. <laughs> okay, second way to anticipate this unhappiness and mitigate it as much as possible is to just be very clear about what your gig offers in general. If you guys go look at my gig descriptions, fiverr.com forward slash Fusualdo, you will go see that I bullet it right out in every single gig what you are and are not getting with this gig. Again, I try and be as tra- transparent as possible because I'm anticipating that they may contact Fiverr customer service against me and say, you know, I thought this seller was going to offer this, this and this, and they didn't, and I want a refund. And the best way to have Fiverr side with you is if your gig description says it right there that you offer this or that you don't offer that. One of the biggest problems I have today is when people book my ebook gig. And if you read my description, I make it very obvious. I am not also an illustrator, okay? I will not be providing your graphics and your book cover for you. I am just a writer and an editor. So when people at the end of that gig say to me like, well, I thought there was a book cover included. I go, no, please go review the gig description. And then once they do that, it kind of squishes like any possible argument they were going to try and make against me just goes out the window. And that's how I have set up all of my gig descriptions. So when people say to me, I don't know what to put in my gig descriptions. I almost want to say, write them as if you're a lawyer and you are anticipating your defendant's case against you. (laughs) So if you're offering blogs, don't just write a gig description that says, hi, I'm a blogger and I'm going to write your blog for you. No, how many words are you going to offer SEO? Are you going to do keyword research? Are you going to do your own research? Or will there be citations? Will there be hyperlinks? Are you going to proofread it at the end? Are you using Grammarly? I mean, these are just a few things that come off my head here. You want to make sure you are as transparent as possible about what your gig offers. Both, you know, this is just a good business practice both for the client booking the order so they know what to expect as well as defending you in the event that you are going to have problems with these people. And sometimes you don't know you know, if you're going to have a problem with a person. More times than not, you can kind of tell by their lead in and how they speak with you. But I have had people, actually I've had returning clients who have bought multiple things from me, On um, like the fourth thing just flip out. And I don't know if it's because they've had something terrible happen in their life or they're strapped for cash or what it is, But yeah, like sometimes you'll even think, oh, I have this awesome client who loves me and I love them and I can do no wrong in their eyes. And think again, you want to always just be prepared and you want to always maintain a professionalism with these people because I don't know what it is, but a flip can switch or I don't know what, but sometimes they can just lose it and you don't even know they're about to lose it. So all the more reason to set up that gig description in a way that's transparent And guys, please don't forget about the FAQ that's embedded into every single gig on Fiverr. And this goes for doing business off of Fiverr, this goes for Upwork or even your own personal clients. The FAQ is just another great place to emphasize what you do and don't offer with the gig. So you can even make an FAQ that says, hey, how many revisions do you offer? And you answer yourself You say, oh, I offer two revisions, whatever it is. You know, it's just another place to re-emphasize what you are going to be providing these people. Okay, this brings me to my third tip, which is possibly the most important, guys, so just note this one. You want to go above and beyond with your gig questionnaire. I can't tell you how many people just don't feel like filling out these questionnaires. They'll throw three questions in it that don't help them at all, and then a client will book an order, and they're left going, oh, crap, I need to ask them 5,000 questions because I don't know what they want. I don't know how to meet their expectations, yada, yada, yada. The questionnaire is the best way for you to get what you need from these people to ensure that there are no communication breakdowns or mishaps down the line. When I first started freelancing, I did not understand this. So my questionnaires had two or three questions in it, and then I'd have people flip out when they thought I was going to offer one thing, and I didn't. And they'd leave me a bad review, and I would just kind of realize, that I guess they didn't understand what I was asking because I didn't even really have a questionnaire set up. So today you can catch me with 10 plus mandatory answer questions in my questionnaire that means these people have to fill these questions out for this gig to go live in your queue if you have 10 plus mandatory questions every time you open up an order you're gonna have a pretty good idea of what these people want you to do and it's gonna again just minimize the miscommunications the flip outs the upsets all of that Like 95% of it can be avoided if you set up a questionnaire that is thorough and helpful and accurate for you. So example, my website content gig. I have a bunch of questions in it. One of them is what website pages do you want me to complete for you? And I have it as a multiple choice question. I give them like eight different options. And if they want an other page, I have another question that says, if you clicked other, please describe that website page here. I don't otherwise know what you're talking about. Another question is, please paste at least one competitor link here. This is going to help me with my initial research. Another question, what are your keywords? If you don't know them, please acknowledge here that I am not going to provide you with expert SEO services, and I can keep going, okay? It's better to have more questions than fewer questions in this questionnaire, and it also comes down to if these people flip out and file a case against you with Fiverr, you know, Fiverr will look at your questionnaire and see, oh, okay, you know, this person did fill this out and then directly contradict themselves. So Fiverr would be more likely to side with you. I mean, it took me a couple years to figure out the value of these questionnaires, but that is one of the most important things to take away from this. And you don't have to have 10 mandatory questions, but like try and have at least six or something. I mean, you can never gather enough information from these people. And you want to just prepare for them to not answer you if you have to ask them a bunch of questions or whatever it is. You know, there's timers on these orders on Fiverr, which can make it stressful. So, the second that gig is placed, like that timer starts ticking. And you want to make sure the second you open it, that you have everything you need to meet their expectations. It's just going to make it much easier for you and it's going to make them happier. Okay, my last tip here kind of makes me laugh sometimes, but I actually think it's a very helpful one. And that is to use the quick responses feature to send to buyers when they're upset with you. So at the bottom of your Fiverr, you can pre-save responses that you use. You can type them up and save them. So I have one that I save as my portfolio response. I click it, it propagates the same thing every time. I also have one that I use when people are upset with me. Why do I do this? Because at times, people can write some pretty messed up stuff to me that makes me kinda mad. That makes me wanna write back to them, well, F you, well, you suck too, or, Well, your business blows, you know, all these things I can't actually write back to people. And so when I'm sitting here as a human and I'm mad and I'm upset and I really want to type that to them, I just click on this quick response instead. That is a very level-headed, unemotional response. I am so sorry you feel that way. How can I rectify the situation? Question mark. Click that, send, boom, close my laptop. Now I go on a walk or I, I, you know, I'm able to go blow off some steam, process whatever it is they said without flipping out back at them. The first few years on Fiverr, I didn't have these set up yet. I didn't realize to do this. And I would occasionally write a sassy thing back to people. And um, Fiverr never liked when I did that. And I would occasionally have problems with Fiverr because they would say, you know, hey, you're on the cover of all of our stuff. And you're writing back to buyers that their business sucks. Like we can't have that. And I kind of understand why, of course. That's because I didn't know, you know, how else to handle the frustration and and the anger. If somebody wanted a refund, you know, I would send them the refund request and say, enjoy the free content. Okay. Like kind of makes me laugh still, honestly. Sometimes I think people are stealing the content, but again, and I I would say, wow, enjoy the free content. I'm a very sarcastic person (laughs) with my writing and Fiverr didn't like that. You know, it's never worth it to write stuff like that on these sites It's never worth it to show your hand and be overly emotional with anything. It gives the other person the upper hand over you. So if you're feeling upset, just click on that quick response. You can save a bunch if you want. And they can answer for you so that you don't have to fight the anger or whatever it is you are feeling in that moment. Because again, guys, we're human. It's okay if you get upset sometimes. That's why I have my Facebook group. If you guys aren't a member, it's free. It's called Freelancing Mentorship with Alexandra Fasulo. You're feeling frustrated. You can get in my Facebook group, write a big rant about how much you hate Fiverr, whatever it is, and a bunch of other people will jump in in the comment sections and be like, "Oh my god, I feel you," or "Oh my god, I get it." And sometimes that's all we're looking for, right? Is a community of people, coworkers, to share in both the triumphs and the tribulations when it comes to freelancing online. All right, guys. So just to sum this up, you know, I still deal with assholes on a daily basis. Freelancing, daily basis. Of the eight billion people in the world, probably one to two billion of them suck. Maybe more, honestly. It depends the day. (laughs) The internet can bring out the worst in people too. The anonymity of Fiverr, the keyboard warrioring. You know, people feel a little bigger when they're behind their keyboards and they might be meaner to you than they would if you were sitting in an office with them. But guys, just understand this is the hardest part of the job. So if you're able to approach this with a very level head, if you follow these four tips I just gave you, you know, then you're going to be able to streamline it. And trust me, you will be unstoppable. This is 50% of the battle. So if you're not, you know, the best website designer in the entire world, but you've mastered the customer service side of freelancing, you'll be able to go just as far as somebody who might be the most talented, you know, website developer that ever lived. This is half the battle. So again, guys, join my Facebook group. I think it will definitely help you with all of this. And just understand, you know, If you're having someone be horrible to you, it's okay, I feel for you, I get it, it happens to all of us. It's actually really, really good just professional experience in general for you that you'll be able to take with you no matter what you do. That's what I love about freelancing. I feel like we have to develop so many real world skills that we could then bring to anything. And I think learning all of this will ensure that you are profitable, successful, all these amazing things throughout the rest of your life. Okay, that was my pep talk. Guys, as always, I'll be back next week with my next episode. Don't forget to follow me on social media for tips, tricks, videos, insights, all that good stuff in the interim. Bye!